Are you looking to stand out from the saturated market and become the go-to expert so you can influence, impact, and inspire the world? If so, you're in the right place. You see, when I first started out my business, I struggled to help others because I just sound like thousands of other coaches on social media. So I was constantly chasing for more clients and I earned nothing for an entire year. Through my failure, I was sick of chasing and looking up to thought leaders with a huge base of audience and fans. But that was when I realized, in order to have the same leverage as these leaders, I had to first attract my own community. And this led me to grinding sleepless nights over two years to attract over 250,000 followers on my social media accounts. Now, people finally started noticing, recognizing, and paying me. Hence, it is now my mission to help you become the go-to expert in your industry so that you can attract, convert, and scale your clients on social media without ever spending a single cent. Now, this podcast was created for the visionaries, misfits, rebels, and change makers who don't settle for the ordinary and strive for excellence. You are what I call a domain leader, one who continuously dedicates to mastery and is in a relentless pursuit to reinvent your industry. Okay, along the way, I'll interview thought leaders to help you reverse engineer and uncover your true gift of attraction. And I'll also share with you my experience earning and selling well over six figures over three years on social media. If you're looking for my free personal training to get high paying clients on social media without spending a single cent, hop over to strategicattraction.com. My name's Darius and you're listening to Influence to Impact. What up guys, welcome to the Influence to Impact podcast. Today's leader has been obsessed with achieving our best version of self while still being happy and fulfilled. Over the past decade, he has been coaching and training executives for multinational companies like IBM, American Express, Citibank, and too many you name. (laughs) And he's been training them specifically on leadership and high performance. Now, he was previously the head of learning for Mind Valley and is now their resident coach impacting thousands and hundreds of thousands of their participants as well. Now, last but not least, he's also known for giving his TED Talk about being multi-passionate in order to redesign your life that you love and you live for. Okay, and introducing to you the man who is named by World HRD Congress as one of the top 100 learning and development minds, Cafe. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Hi. Thank you okay. so much for having me on the show, Darius. And uh, thank you so much for the general and very generous introduction, uh, <laughs> listing down all my key achievements and so on. But to be fair to everyone, you know, I'm just 1% done. There's a lot more for us to work on. And I think for me, for Darius, the work that we're doing, helping people, creating more impact, I think, you know, like for us, we're just 1% done. Much more to come. And I hope that I'll be able to kind of share some of these ideas that I have, some of these key messages that I want to share with all of you listeners on the show. So I think first question, right, Cafe, is walk us through what got you to realize that, you know, we kind of have to redesign our life, not because we're screwed up, but (laughs) maybe there are some tweaks and some changes that we need in order to align our lives back again, in order to have our best version of ourselves. Well, actually, actually, this whole idea of uh, life redesign, the name itself actually came when, when, when I was actually doing my, uh, rapid transformational therapy uh, certification by Marissa Peer, one of the, the, the royalty, the UK royalties um, uh, hypnotherapist. 
uh, when I was when I was doing certification with her, and I was when I was doing it, I I came across, you know, I've been coaching and I've been doing a lot of things with a lot of people, and in that particular certification, there's this one aha moment that came up to me, and that is, like a lot of people that I work with, and a lot of you know, dissatisfaction, unfulfillment, unhappiness that that came to them, is is actually because they were told what to do. Right, not 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 just career sense, but everything. Like, this is how you should behave in your relationship. This is how a perfect relationship should should be like. This is uh, entrepreneurship is the 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 next best thing. You must do become an entrepreneur. All these kind of different things. It's becoming a a a kind of like what people tell you you should do. And it was that moment that I realized that a lot of people are unhappy because of that. And 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 actually, initially, I wanted to 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 come up with the name uh, designing your life. Uh, but obviously the name domain and all this stuff is not available and all. And then I realized that, you know what? Life redesign is a better name. And that's the name of my coaching company right now because, you know, we have actually designed our life, right? Whether we like it or not, we have actually chose the path that we're, we are going on right now. So what we need next is actually redesigning it because when you redesign it, not saying that everything in the past is, is useless, when you redesign it, what happens is that you acknowledge all the past that has happened, all the past choices, past decisions that you, you have made, made you who you are today. And now it's time to redesign to, to make it work for you. So that was that moment. I think it was about in 2016 uh, when I came out with this live redesign name. But obviously I've been coaching since 2011 uh, and and. That was that was my, the biggest realization I have, and that's the reason why I, I came up with this life redesign to help people to redesign their lives so that they can live a more fulfilling and happier life. Now I really love, and it's very interesting how you talk about you know uh, some time in our past we make rules and we make decisions that probably isn't best suited for us right now, and that's exactly why we probably have to change some of those rules, change some of their beliefs. Now also so it's very interesting that you brought about the past. Well, what would you say is like the best way for someone to dig out their past? Because it's not really easy for us to introspect and then go back in time from like 10 years ago and then go like, oh man, I screwed up at this part. Oh man, I make a mistake at that part. So how can people actually now like in a way introspect and get back to those past and identify those areas so that they know where to start from? Actually, that is, that is a brilliant question. I really love this. And I actually want to go against actually what you just said that is very difficult to do. Actually, Honestly, it's actually one of the easiest things because there's, before I tell you how to do it or before I tell the listeners how to do it, there's this one concept that I really love it, love, uh, which is from my, from my mentor, is that hindsight is a very powerful tool. Think about it, right? For all of you listeners who are listening, every time when shit happened to us, terrible stuff, bad breakup, bankruptcy, failing businesses, uh, like basically any bad thing that happened to you, at one point in your life, you will look back at those things and you would actually either laugh at it or you will actually say, oh, wow, I'm glad it happened. So hindsight is actually a very powerful thing. So for human being, it is actually, it's, it's, it's actually, it is actually simple to go back and look back at what happened in the past and kind of change the way uh, we, 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 we want to look at it. Right, and the challenge then is just take my word, right? I was saying it just now, it is simple, but it is not exactly easy. Now, why is it not exactly easy? It's because people don't want to change the past, 
because the past has made us who we are. And to a certain extent, it is a comfort zone. And being in a comfort zone is something that is safe for us, is something that we find comfort in. If we go back to the past and really change it, we have to acknowledge the fact that we kind of screwed up a little, right? The thing is, people don't want to acknowledge that they screw up a little, right? Well, they don't want to acknowledge that they screw up, right? So, so the key to be able to do this, right, is, is there's just a few things that you need to look at. See, first things first is that we can't change what happened in the past, but we can change the meaning that we give to what happened in the past. See, fundamentally, it is not what happened in the past that affects us. It is what happened and how our brain make meaning of what happened that created who we are right now. Now, let me give you a specific example, right? If in the past, you know, like, okay, I'll, I'll tell you my story, right? Now, everyone look at me as a, as a speaker. Everyone has been saying, wow, cafe, like you are such an extrovert. You can get on stage. You can speak in front of thousands of people without kind of like batting an eyelid, right? But let me tell you, 10 years ago, like, okay, 12, 12 years ago, I'm the kind of student in university who can't even raise my hand to speak in front of a class. I can't. I can't even speak in a small group of like four to five people. I'm always the follower. And the reason why that happened was because when I was seven years old, I was actually chosen to, because I was like super good in academics, I was number one in class, right? I was chosen to represent the class in a storytelling competition. And I was freaking out. So what happened, long story short, I get on stage on the, during the competition, I uttered four words and I started crying in front of the whole school. And I ran off stage and I hide under the table for three hours until my cousin brother came to class, gave me sweets to ask me to get out of, of the, from, the, from under the table. Now, see, the key here, what I'm trying to tell you is that because at the age of seven years old, I have made a, made a meaning to public speaking. The meaning that I made is that public speaking is going to embarrass me. Public speaking is going to make me freak out. Public speaking is going to scare me. But obviously, many, many years down the road, I start to realize that if there's a powerful superpower that human can have, that, that superpower is actually your ability to speak. Your ability to speak will highly impact or influence how successful you are. Because your ability to speak is going to change the way you make sales, going to change the way you sell yourself, going to change the way you brand yourself, so on and so forth. I, I, I'm gotten, I've gotten so many opportunities in what I do right now is because of my ability to speak and convince and influence, right? But obviously, it's because I decided to make that change. I see people who are really outspoken, who are confident in speaking, and I look at them and I'm like, why can they be so confident? And it was then that I realized that, you know what? I'll probably make a stupid meaning out of my, my experiences when I was seven years old. So the first step that for all of you, if you want to change and redesign your life is number one, whatever negative or limiting belief that you have right now, it could be anything, fear of public speaking, uh, fear of success, fear of failure, and so on. The first step you need to do is to go back and look at the past, maybe pick two or three experiences in the past that's really, really hurtful for you. When I say hurtful, doesn't mean like pain, but it can also be negative emotion, right? You know, uh, sadness, uh, uh, embarrassment, and so on and so forth. And really look at those experiences, okay? That's the first step. Second step is to change the meaning that you give to that experiences. 
Because the, how can you then change the meaning, right? This is, the, this is what you can do. When you look at that experiences in the past, ask yourself this question. Number one, what am I learning from this experience? Okay, look at that past experience and ask yourself, what am I learning from this experience? Now, this learning from this experience has to be positive. It cannot be negative. Because when, when that experience happened, we learn the negative stuff. And that helps us to keep us safe, right? That's how the brain works. So what you want is you look at back, look at look back at those experiences and ask yourself, number one, what are the positive learning that I'm learning from these experiences? Okay, that's number one. Number two, what are the learnings that I want to take with me? And what are the learnings that I don't want to take with me? Okay, see, it's very important for you to, in order for you to change the meaning of what happened in the past, you need to accept the fact that there are certain things that has happened in the past that you want to let go of. And that's a learning that you don't want to take with you. And you want to take the learning that you want to take with you. Then number three is, it, it's very simple. Number three is you ask yourself, so what am I going to do right now with all this learning? Okay, that's how you change the meaning of what has happened in the past. So these are the two steps that you can take to instantly change the meaning that has happened. To, to what has happened in the past that has created the negative belief or the limiting belief or the negative emotions in you. Now, knowing this already, you can do it for all the things that has happened in the past. Now, there's one more thing that I want all of you to rem remember. And again, this is, uh, 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 I actually talk about this in my podcast by one of the guests, is it is important for you, if you want to consciously live and consistently live a happy, fulfilling life, you have to introspect and retrospect every month. If you don't have time to introspect and retrospect your own life every month, you are going to fall into the trap of allowing the bad things to happen to kind of trap you, right? This is what happened to us, most of us right now, is that we allow things to happen when we were seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old to affect who we are right now. So in order to avoid that from happening, do introspection and retrospection once a month. That's one of the best ways you, you will be able to kind of keep up that, that positive momentum to keep on going in your life. Now, I want to really thank you for sharing the story of you uh, being bad in public speaking. That was the meaning that you attached to it. Right? And I love the whole part where you say that, you know, people find it hard because they're not willing, you know, or they, they feel it's uncomfortable to actually yep. dig up the past because people always say, hey, don't, don't, don't kind of spill milk, which is really long over. But then because we tend to keep and we tend to hold such limiting beliefs and we don't really know about it, we let it unconsciously run our life. So I really Correct. love you give those very practical steps for our people to really go and dig out their past and actually realize, like, hey, what's the meaning that I've been attaching to my situation? Because previously, uh, when I was younger as well, there was also a few moments where I felt like I was hopeless or I felt like I was powerless. I felt like I was helpless. I couldn't do anything. And because of those meanings attached to it, only after I realized like years later, but in fact, it's like the past few years, uh, then I mm. kind of digged it up. Then I was like, wow, that has really been limiting me from a lot, a lot of other opportunities. So I think it's very interesting to take note, right, that a lot from your past has actually limited or created a lot of consequences for your life currently. Correct. And that's why I really, really, really love how Cafe literally just gave you the practical steps to go and do it. So I hope all of you actually go and introspect. Now, well, the, 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 the steps are pretty long when I explain in just now and so on, because, you know, I... I bring my clients through like one to two hours process 
of kind of like changing them and, and removing them. That's why when I explain that it has to be a bit longer and, and for you guys to kind of understand it. So just, just want to share that. Yeah, and I really love it because it's actually really, really hard, especially if you're doing it the first time in a few years. Correct. Okay, because you're going to go like, oh crap, like you need to start connecting to your emotions. And I think a lot in my head. <laughs> so when I first did it, I was like, damn, wow, okay, this is really tough. This is really hard to face and to really just look at introspect on it. Yeah. I really also love how we talk about introspection and retrospection. And I do journaling every single day. Oh, I think uh, maybe some of our viewers also do that. I want to dive a little bit more into that. Right? How do you, you talk about introspecting and retrospecting every month, right? Now, how do you actually go about introspecting like in your own way what would how would you introspect and retrospect every month so that the viewers themselves also can do it for them so what i really do is uh there's a couple of things that i do um in 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 this case right number one it's for introspection i really kind of ask i i do journaling right i used to do journaling every day but these days i i actually do journaling once a week uh, i find it better for me um, and, and generally uh, more easier in a sense, more, more time efficient, especially right now I have baby and, and stuff. So once a week works better for me. So what I do is I, I do introspection once a week and I generally just ask myself questions, right? Like number one, uh, what are the challenges that I have in the past one week, right? Like I really want to look at all the challenges of what has happened in terms of not just business challenge, not just financial challenge. I also look at my character challenge. Now, this is something that most people don't think about uh, because they think that, you know, once you are who you are, then, you know, everything is, is just autopilot, right? I actually look at my character challenge. What does that mean, right? I, 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 I introspect myself in a few things. Number one, my discipline, right? Is, is my character in terms of discipline being challenged in the past one month or, the, in the, or in the past one week? And did I make decisions or did I do things that I say I will do? Did I not do things that I say I will do? So I re for me, character is very important. So I really look at that character piece. I ask myself, okay, there are bad things, challenges happen in this few, this whole week. You know, like this week has been a rough week. Like this week itself, it is a rough week for me, right? And I actually ask myself, so how am I growing from this? What am I learning from this? And I tap into my emotion. What is this emotion trying to tell me? So that's the introspect. So how I look at it is that introspect is looking in your personal side of things, like internal side, introspect, go intro into you and look at what's happening inside. Emotion, physical, spiritual, and character, right? That's the four key areas. And then for retrospection is that I will look at the month and I look at events that are significant to me. So what happened is that I'll review events that happen uh, based on my, my, my will of life. So will of life is what I choose to use uh, in my coaching practice. So some of you, if you use will of life, if you don't, don't know will of life, it's basically will of life means that there are eight categories of our life that you might want to consider taking care of. Obviously, if you subscribe to you know, different coaching methodologies and so for example, Lifebook, Lifebook has 12 categories. Um, I also use that as well. Uh, so I, I kind of blend both. So what happened is I look at all eight or, or 12 categories of my life and ask myself, what are the events that has happened in this category of life? What are the events that has happened in this category of life, right? So what happened then is I don't just, you know, tunnel vision myself to look at career or finances. Now, this is something that most people would do. Most people will look at challenges as, oh, my career, my finances, that's it. But actually, there's a lot more things that's affecting you as a person that make you 
underperform in your career, in your business, or in your finances. And that for me is, for example, love relationship, uh, me and my wife, uh, my parenting, obviously right now with the kids, uh, my social life. And the fourth one is actually my passion. So, I mean, coaching is my passion, but it is also my career. But I have other passion outside that I, I want to focus on. So I look at all these categories and ask myself, what has happened? What didn't happen? What can I improve? So that's how I introspect and retrospect what happened in my life so that I con consistently move towards positive momentum, taking actions and kind of change uh, when I need to. Now, I think Cafe right now is dropping huge bombs onto this podcast. <laughs> and I, I got chills at the point of time where you were asking that question of, um, did I hold true to the word that I... Uh, did I hold true to the words that I say that I would do this week? And I really, really love that because I think many people end off their week and then they go, oh, okay, um, I didn't do this. Oh man, okay, how, how, can, I go, how can I go about doing that better? Right? Yeah. But I really love that part of discipline of, did I hold true to my word? Right? Did I honor my word of saying that I'll do this at the start of the week? And I really, really love that when it comes to discipline. So I understand you actually learned a lot of this through like from a lot of different mentors and experts, especially with... Uh, your journey with Mind Valley for a few years, right? So I think people will be very, very uh, interested because I don't think we had a we had a like a we had a guest for Mind Valley itself yet. <laughs> so I think people will be very, very interested. There's a hit of learning like from Mind Valley. What would you say, right? Was maybe you can tell us what was your biggest struggle uh, while performing that role, and what was your biggest learning experience out from that struggle itself? Oh, that's a that's a big that's a that's a tough question well first things first i want to let all listeners know that i was uh, I, i'm no longer employed by mind valley uh, so right now i'm running my own coaching business and mind valley right now is my client so i've been i'm coaching uh, the team uh, their employees uh, on leadership coaching life coaching and uh, career coaching so in terms specifically in terms of in that role the challenge i think it's 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 really about and i think this is also aligned to in life in general because if, if you guys who are listening, if you know MindMally, MindMally has been one of the best companies to work for. They are listed by Ing as like top 10 companies, best office, you know, best workplace, all these kind of different <laughs> accolades. Now, when I step in into that role of being a resident coach, where I'm doing coaching 80% of my time and spending 20% developing learning and development and the culture of the team, what I find difficult was how do you take something that is great to the next level, right? Like how, like... And, and, and again, the reason why I, I say it's also applicable to life is the same. For most of us, if you're in a corporate career, we always tell ourselves that, you know, once we get to a, a certain level, uh, we will be happy. But we all know that's not the case, right? You would tell, even as entrepreneurs, we always tell ourselves, you know what? Once we make X figure, six figure, I'll be happy and I'll be free and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, not work so hard that's bullshit it doesn't happen that way right uh, because once you get there you're addicted to that kind of chase of uh let's say chase of greatness right like you're like oh i can do six that means i can do seven i can do seven that means i can do eight right so when i was in that role that was the struggle uh and 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 again i also look at myself and ask myself like you know how how like what what are the things that we need in order for us to be able to move from great to greater great to greatness right and this is a, a constant thing and one of the biggest biggest realization that i have was two things number one the devil is in the details see we we, we could have just looked at everything and say that oh everything is perfect we have good score we are water best da, 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 da. let's maintain the status quo and 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 
just do the same thing and 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 you know we will be still be great but if you go dive deep into the details you will start to see all these little cracks along the way right in the company or even in our life right like if you if you go and ask like entrepreneurs or or, or corporate corporate leader right like they're making good money they have high positions and so on if you look into the details they are unfulfilled they are unhappy in one or two areas of their life it could be their health and fitness it could be their love relationship it could be their dissatisfaction with the way you know they 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 show up to their kids different kind of things and those are the tiny details that we need to work on so it's the same for us in life most of us think that oh you know in order for me to be fit and healthy i need to do this you know super crazy exercise i need to go to the gym four times a week da 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 da, da. trust me if you have you know, created the same re- New Year's resolution or fitness goal for the past three years, doing it again this year or setting the resolution again this year, it's not going to work. But what's going to work is the tiny details. And I've done it myself. What I mean by tiny details is that, you know, even I have struggled with the fitness and health and kind of thing, right? So two years ago, what I decided to do is I decided to change one tiny piece of the detail. And this detail is really simple. I allow everything in my life to go on as usual. And this tiny details is super duper simple. 30 push-ups a day for 60 days in a row. That's it. And that has changed everything for me. Because doing that allows my body muscles to kind of show up. Again, you guys might think I'm, it is bullshit, but it is not. Trust me. If you guys want, you guys should give it a try. Never miss one day, 30 push-ups a day, anytime. You can do 10 in the morning, 10 in the afternoon, 10 at night, doesn't matter. The point is not to miss, do it 30 days in a row to 60 days in a row. You will see a big difference. And the key is that you will start changing the way you tell yourself, the way you talk to yourself. You'll say, hey, you will start feeling uneasy for not doing it, right? Unlike the other way around, which is what all people used to do, is that when you skip gym or when you force yourself to go to the gym, you, 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 you won't feel happy. You won't feel satisfied, right? So, so that's one way to do it. That's one. The first lesson, the devil is in the details. Second lesson is enjoy the process. What I realized is that, and this is something, you know, be it my role in Mind Valley, you know, at the time growing, growing the, 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 the learning and development, the growth and the culture of the team, and also my life coaching and, and leadership coaching with most people is that we come or we go to a coach with like big goals. All my clients, right? Cafe, I want to make six figure in my business. Cafe, I want to be the most confident person. Cafe, I want to start my side hustle. Cafe, I want to do this. Cafe, I want to do that. But the one thing that I always tell them is that you have to enjoy the process. If you don't enjoy the process, you won't enjoy the fruit at the end of the journey. That's as simple as it, right? And what I mean by enjoy the process and why enjoying the process is important for me in my coaching with a lot of, again, with with hundreds of people is that what's more important than the goals that we set for ourselves is the person whom we are becoming in the process of achieving that goal. You can, achieve, you can achieve whatever goal that you want in life, but if you are becoming an evil person, if you are becoming a person that is angry at every single thing, if you are becoming that person that's becoming more and more fearful about life and so on, my advice to you is scrap that goal. It's not making you a better person. So what do we want is we want to have goals 
but most importantly, we want to enjoy the journey in the process because it made us a better person. And that's the most important thing. Who we are becoming in the process of achieving that goal, it's more important than achieving that goal itself. I love that you mentioned about the process of becoming because most people go, oh, you know what? If I get X, then I'll be happy. Then after that, when they hit X, then they go, oh man, maybe I need to hit Y, then I become happy. And then they create this whole loop on their self and then they go, hey, why am I not happy? Because yeah. like the joy is in the process itself. And I think it's a lot harder than it actually sounds like. Because when I first heard this whole concept right, from the mentor, like, oh, you know, it's, it's the process of becoming who you actually become. right? And you have to enjoy that process. Now, it's very hard, especially because for a lot of results-driven people, especially for me, I'm super mm. results-driven. So I'm always looking at, hey, you know what, uh, I'm going to hit the result, I'll be happy, I hit the result. Yeah, sure, maybe along the way, I'll be a little bit happy, but it's when I hit that uh, hit that result, then it becomes like a high, right? <laughs> it becomes like, wow, shit, I hit, I hit it and I become really happy. So how do we actually start to enjoy more about the process that we're in? Because a lot of us are always uh, focused on the, onto, like, the future, rather than really enjoying the present. That's something that I think what made the difference for me was that I stopped focusing so much on the future, but really enjoy and be grateful for what the present is and continue to hone my craft. Now, I want to hear what are your thoughts on that because it's easy to say, but then when you actually do it, it's a lot harder, especially for people who are more results-driven. Well, I agree with you. You know, like I, I, I used to be a very, very uh, goal-driven uh, kind of person, right? And and, and what, what that means is that, you know, I, I always talk about the future. I always talk about the goal. Uh, and, and my wife also agrees that I am the kind of person, like, you know, I, 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 I'm so future-driven that my wife couldn't understand that why can't you accept the past? I, I mean, right now I can talk about the past and how it impacted us. But back then when I was with my you know, now wife, then girlfriend, I, I, I can't, I, I always tell her, no, I don't care about the past. I just want to focus on the future. I just want to focus on the goals and, and all these kind of different things. So what, what really works for me is a couple of things. Uh, number one, it's uh, gratitude. Uh, I think you, you just mentioned it just now as well. And, and, and for me, you know, gratitude practice, it's something that has really literally changed and allow me to enjoy the process a lot more. Uh, and basically what I do is I do gratitude practice uh, every day. So that's what I do every day. Uh, I don't do it over writing. I just do it like mentally, right? I'm, I'm, I ask myself, what are the, the three to five things that I'm grateful for in my life today? What are the three to five things I'm really grateful for that happened to me in the past week and so on? So gratitude allowed me to, to do that. And second is actually what we talk about just now, introspection and retrospection. When you look into yourself and you ask yourself questions about who you are as a being, you start to kind of enjoy that process a bit more. You, you see yourself, hey, you know, like for the past 30 days, I've not missed any one of the push-up. And, and that feels good. It feels good to be the person that, you know, do what I say I would do, right? That kind of makes you feel good. That, that is somehow like a different kind of high than achieving the goals kind of high. Obviously, again, it's not easy, especially for entrepreneurs like us, right? Like, you know, entrepreneurs, when you run your own business, you have goals to achieve, you have KPIs, you have OKRs, whatever that you use, right? And, and we always look at that. And it's important. It's important for us to have an end goal, have a direction of heading to, and at the same time, you know, build habits and routines that allow us to enjoy the process a lot more. So for me, the introspection of my inner self uh, helps me a lot uh, to be able to do that. 
Okay, and I think we talk a lot about introspection, about retrospection, and we also talk about reflecting, uh, talk about gratitude as well. And so far, we talk a lot about, you know, process of becoming, the process of really enjoying what it is that you do. And I just want to touch on the fact, like you talking about multi-passionate, being multi-passionate mm. on your TED Talk itself. And I think uh, those who actually want to go and watch the TED Talk, please go ahead, because I don't think I want him to repeat what he has already repeated on the video, <laughs> yes. and you can literally just go and watch it. Now, I really want to ask this question, right? How do we actually go about, right, finding that one thing? But right? I know you talk about multi-passionate, go and find, like, your different passions as well, right? How do we zone in for those people who really want to zone in real quick? Because, you see, people always want to try to get it faster. Not saying mm-hmm. in terms of a get-rich-quick scheme, but, you know, in terms of getting it faster, like, going, speeding up that process. How can we actually accelerate that process of really zoning in down to what actually makes us uh, feel fulfilled, we enjoy it, and it's something that uh, at the end of the day is uh, living our best self. Because I think a lot of people talk about, okay, uh, fine, like you know in Ikigai, when you talk about, if I, I can't really remember what's the four, four circles, but, but pretty much it's like, oh, passion, profit, mission, and uh, I think somewhere, somewhere along that line. A vocation, okay, somewhere along that line. Right? But how do we go about while doing that? And that's one thing I really love and why I wanted to interview interview you which is about how do you do that while you know still being able to improve yourself and become the best for yourself right that's really the question because people will get too sucked in right like what you say that's why you talk about life redesigning because people will get too sucked in onto that one path of like i've got to find my passion i've got to find my passion then and, and then because they want to accelerate it they keep going 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 sometimes they maybe overwork themselves but I think a lot of people suffer from burnout as well, especially entrepreneurs. Right? So how hmm. do we make sure that, you know, we keep, we keep that balance in between? Hey there, I just want to pause here for a second and ask you, what's your biggest takeaway so far? If you've gotten some insights on your life or business, I would hugely appreciate if you review this on the podcast and share it on your Facebook or Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Darius Tan Official and I'll make sure to send you a free gift over to you. Alright, my second is long over, so let's return back to the episode. Well, that's uh I have I mean I have to say this is like a really big question. Uh to be able to for us to kind of dig deep and kind of dissect it. And then I think I want to look at it from a few uh, a few perspectives, right? Uh first first things first is that I, I think it is just almost impossible to speed up the whole process, right? Because like like again, simply because speed up. Uh, could mean differently for different people, right? When we talk about speed up, for me, six months is fast. But for some people, they can't even do it for three months, right? For some people, one year is fast. So it really depends on where you are in life. So I don't, want, I don't, I don't really want to talk about speed it up, but I want to, to really, if you want to try to really kind of be more multi-passionate and really kind of dive you know, into one thing, uh, and, and do it and see if it's something of your passion and and, and, and and interest it's putting all your effort and energy into doing one thing like right now look into your life and ask yourself what is one strength or what is that one one strength that you have that you can repeatedly do every day and you're pretty damn good at it right let's start with that because then then, then we will talk about monetization after right and do that thing for the next let's say three months six months or a year and ask yourself, when you're doing it in the process, ask yourself, is this what I want to keep doing for the rest of my life? That is the golden question. Then you would know 
whether if that's what you want to do. If your answer is not a fuck yes, drop it and move on to the next thing. It has to be a fuck yes. Like even for you, Darius, like whatever that you're doing right now, I, I, I kind of read a little bit of your story, how, you know, you were kind of once kind of like doing a bit of coaching in a company and so on. And you'd be like, fuck this shit. I'm going to leave and do my, like run my own thing. And I'm going to go be really good at it. Right. And there was that moment of fuck yes. Like in that particular moment, it was like, fuck, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And that fuck yes is the key. Because if you don't have a fuck yes in your life, and again, this is applicable to uh, most things in life, relationship, for example, if the girl or the guy is not a fuck yes, let's move on to the next one. Swipe, right? In my opinion, okay? I mean, I've never used Tinder, just so you know. That's why I don't know left, right. Uh, um, but, but, but yeah, so that's one way to be able to do it, right? If you hesitate, and the reason why this is powerful is because, see, I started coaching when I was 21. When I was 21, when I was, no, when, when I started at 21, when I was 22, I actually went to a, a, a multinational company. Uh, a friend helped me to set up a meeting with the HR director for me to pitch training and all this kind of thing. And I was literally shown the door in less than five minutes. And the HR director didn't even ask me for my name. And he said, we cannot work with you. That's the exit. Bye. And if I were to allow that to kind of kill me off, I wouldn't have be where I am today right now. Now, why am I telling, telling all, all you listeners that story is that as much as I love coaching, doing coaching requires me to go out and do sales, right? So ask yourself this question, right? If, if you are into coaching, let's just take coaching for as, as an example. If you love coaching, go and do coaching for like the next six months. Get clients, do everything that a coach would do and ask yourself if you want to do that, those things for the rest of your life. And it was that moment that I realized, you know what? I've accepted the fact that in order for me to be able to coach, I would have spent 60%, 70% of my time doing sales. And it was that moment that I decided to hone my craft in sales, hone my craft in speaking for influence and impact so that I can speak so that people listen to me, right? That was that moment that I realized that I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. So it's the same, whatever that you guys want to do, dive right in, do it consistently every fucking day for like three months, six months, 12 months. And then ask yourself, am I going to keep doing this for the rest of my life? If the answer is fuck yes, then keep doing, you'll be able to be successful. So that's, that's the first one, the first aspect. The second aspect, like how do we really kind of dive into, uh, you know, like the whole Ikigai concept, right? Like doing what you love, doing what you're good at, being paid really well to do what you love and what you're good at, and the world needs it, right? The community around you needs it and willing to pay for it. That is like the perfect sweet spot of Ikigai, which is what I talk about uh, in, 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 in my TED talk. Um, and, and that's again, the thing. I, I, I don't believe uh, that, you know, our purpose in life is that sweet spot. Now, what, why, why, right? Again, I'm not saying Ikigai is wrong. I have Ikigai tattooed on my arm. I really love that concept, but what I'm trying to say here is that you can do multiple things that give you that all four component of life. As simple as that, right? And, and this is proven. This is proven because if you look into the corporate world, as much as we like to say that, you know, people in the corporate, you know, doesn't like the job, you know, they, are get, they, they get paid to kind of let go of their dreams and all these things. I, I really find that not true. I actually find people who love their job in the corporate world 
they are they excel at it. They are pretty damn good at it, and so on, because they use whatever that they have done in the corporate job, getting paid really well, what they're really good at, and use whatever resources that they get from it to do other things in life, because they're very clear. When I'm pretty damn good in my corporate job, I have the means to be able to support my family. I have the means to be able to pay for my parents' medical bill. That is more important for them, right? And that is what keeps them going, right? That is what allow them to, 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 to get paid to do what they're good at. Maybe not what they love, but they're pretty damn good at it. And they eventually fall in love with it which is entirely possible as well. And then they can use all the resources to do something for the community. That works for them. And so my suggestions for everyone is that don't get fixated to get into that sweet spot. That sweet spot will come when it comes. Get fixated with having a, a, a vision for your life. Get fixated with having a clear direction of what you want to do in life. And then the rest will fall into place. So get clear with the vision that you want to have for your life in all areas of your life, not just your career, not just your business, not just your finances, all areas of your life. That's what people need to do. I really love that you talk about, and I use the word love a lot of times, <laughs> but I really love all these concepts because I really believe in uh, what we talk about, you know, don't get restricted about. I think a lot of people always try to find that one you know, people are trying to find that one thing that make them reach, that one thing that makes them fulfill, that one thing. But the truth is like, there are a lot of things that makes us money. Correct. There's a lot of things that makes us happy. There's a lot of things that get us to feel fulfilled. Right? But most people are so fixated on like, oh, what's, I'm just one thing away. I'm just one thing away, whatever it is. And so people always get bought into like the shiny object syndrome. Or, oh, because I'm just one thing away. Let me, let me just throw in on that. And then they realize that, oh man, it's not this. Then they go and then they go, they go for another one. And they're always looking for that one thing itself. Now, I think it's very, very powerful that you, con- that, that you cover quite a few of these concepts, especially about visioning as well. Now, I think uh, I won't touch too much about visioning because I think those that really want to know about visioning can go and contact Cafe, which later uh, we'll, put our, we'll put all his social links down later and I'll let him introduce where you can find him at. But before that, just want to ask, right? What do you think, right? Because you have already done this for decades. You've been coaching, training, speaking to thousands of people, right? What do you think for yourself is your superpower of influence? Okay, what really, what really makes people want to listen to you, to know you, and also like you and to trust you as well? So what do you think is your own superpower of influence? I think for me, you know, if, if I say this, <laughs> it might backfire. Some of you guys might use it against me. <laughs> um, I, I really think my superpower of, of influence is actually giving trust like my philosophy in life is that i will give trust to everyone unless proven otherwise like but i mean for for some of my close friends or some of the people my like, for example my wife who really knows me even if i've been betrayed once i will still trust that person and 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 that is exactly <laughs> why i say it. some of them might use it against me um it, it's giving trust like for me no matter who, um, yeah, I, I, I will ch- always choose to give trust first. I will always, you know, trust the person, will use information, will use me for, 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 for good and all these kind of things. And until I'm, I'm, I'm proven otherwise. Um, so, so for me, that it's 
probably how you know some people are influenced by me, some people are attracted to me, some of my, 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 my clients want to work with me. It's because they feel straight away upfront, like in the discovery call that we, we have, this person was like, wow, cafe is an open book. Cafe just open up to the client and all this stuff. Different things. And that's what I do. And, and just, just to give all of you a bit more context is that for the past one year, okay, more than one year, about probably about one and a half years or so, I have had more than 30 people coming to me some strangers, some are like, you know, random acquaintances on Facebook. Some are friends who come to me and ask me, Cafe, can I, can I get you a cup of coffee, right? So for most of you, if your friends come and talk to you and ask you, hey, can I get you a cup of coffee? <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen, right? It's either MLM, insurance or credit card, right? But obviously my friends are not. What they happen is that they want to buy me coffee because they want to ask me, how can they become a successful coach like me? Now, I'm not trying to boast that I'm successful. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I'm only 1% down. I have a lot more that I want to do. But for many people, you know, I've, like for them, I've, I've made it, right? Like, oh, Cafe is making money from speaking on stage. Cafe is making money from coaching, right? And a lot of people want to do that. And in the past one and a half years, I've been, you know, like people, anyone who asks me about coaching, I'll actually go out and I share everything with them. I tell them everything, tell them how to do it. How, what, what certification to take? How can you be successful? I tell them everything. And, and, and that's my way of, I'll, I'll, I'll trust you. I trust you that, you know, you're not going to back, backstab me. I'll trust you. You're not going to kind of like, you know, go and hack my website or whatever and kind of take my clients and all this stuff. <laughs> I will give you trust unless I'm proven otherwise. That's a very fascinating uh, model of the world, by the way. Like, <laughs> I don't think, I think, I think most of people wouldn't be uh, saying that that's like the yeah. Like they're super powerful influence. I mean, I've been just been interviewing people and everyone always their own way of saying what's their, their way of influencing. But it's a very fascinating point you bring about because most people aren't that ready to be opened up to like, oh, I trust everyone. So I really want to dive a little bit deeper into this, right? Why and how do you actually, uh, like in that way, right? Your, your, work, your model of the world, because everyone all, all have different views of the world. Right? But mm. how did you actually create or form that view of the world that, you know, um, I want to trust everyone and everyone is uh, there uh, for me to help and also for them to help me. But how do you create that model of the world? Well, well first things first is that I, 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 I don't expect them to help me when I give them trust. Uh, so I don't, I don't have any, any expectations of what I'm going to get back uh, from, from, from them. Uh, so that kind of, in a way, helped me to kind of just give trust and and just let 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 it out. I think also probably in the in the past ten years or eleven years or so, what really got to me is again, okay, okay. Now that you ask, the more I think about it, I I, I kind of see a few things. Number one, uh, is my mentor who got me into coaching, um, and and again, you know. So the reason why I got into coaching is that I hope this is not too long. So I try to cut it short. When I was 19, I met a CEO of a damn big company, right? He like a multi-million dollar international company and so on. I met a CEO because I want to raise funds for a non-for-profit that I was working for then, right? Volunteering for. I met him and then we, we had a conversation and, and I really like him as a person. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, the whole deal didn't work out. But what happened was he, he see potential in me. And he asked me, Cafe, like, can I mentor you? And I'm like, now everyone listen, right? When I was 19, I have no freaking clue what is mentoring. I have no freaking clue like <laughs> coaching and all these kind of different things. But my opinion was that, hey, 
if someone who is like 45 to 50 years old, who is a CEO of a big company, he's busy, but he volunteered to mentor me. Even if you don't know what mentoring is, you say yes first. That's what I did. I say yes. <laughs> back then we are using BBM BlackBerry, right? I say yes. Okay, let's do it. And he, he made me commit. I had to travel like 30 minutes to near his office, buy him coffee, and then he will mentor me and all these things. And what happened is, long story short, he mentored me for, for like nine, uh, uh, between nine to 12 months. And at the end of it, he actually gave me a form. I was like, what form is that? It was a form to sign off that he actually coached me in the past nine to 12 months. So what happened is that he was actually taking his coaching certification. He needs to give pro bono coaching and he chose me. So now that I look back, I think that is partly influencing me to give trust. And, 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 and that was also how I get into coaching is because I feel that people need help. And I just feel that, okay, if people need help, I can't just be sitting here thinking about who's going to help them. If anyone wants to help, then might as well, I'll just go and help, right? So it was then that I realized, okay, my mentor is a coach and coaching seems to help me a lot. What if I use coaching and help other people? And obviously that kind of, that's the first thing that kind of come to my mind right now of how that happened. And, and second is, is in general, my work requires me to trust people, right? As a coach, I always believe that people has good intention. Like that, that is my default way of thinking. Um, I know some of you is going to say, what about that rapist who, who raped that person? What about that crime criminal who, who did this, who did that and so on? Fundamentally, you know, when they make the decision to do those, do those things, from their point of view, it was a good intention. Again, I'm not here to justify they're doing the right thing. I think if they break the law, they need to be punished. But the thing is that every one of us is going through life in a very different way. So I always want to believe that they come from good intention. And in order for me to help them, I need to believe them first. I can't help someone that I don't believe. I can't help someone that I don't trust. I can't help someone if I don't give them my trust. How would they trust me if I don't give them my trust? How can I help them if they don't give, give if I don't give them my trust, right? So that kind of like, that's kind of like how, how all these things happen. And maybe, I don't know, maybe tonight I'll go back and think if there's anything that happened when I was young that, that kind of, you know, created this, this giving trust model of the world. Okay, awesome, man. Now, before I ask my last question, I think uh, viewers would love to know how can they actually connect with you online? Oh, wow. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. So LinkedIn, it's Carfe Chia. You can find me. Actually, I think you can, if you type Coach Cafe, you probably find me as well. Same for Facebook, Cafe Chia or Coach Cafe. You'll be able to find my Facebook page, uh, my, my, my personal profile. And most importantly, it's actually Instagram. I'm super active on Instagram. I mean, that's how Darius got to know me as well. Um, you know, if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me. I, I made it a point to reply most people. No one manages my Instagram except myself. Uh, so find me on Instagram, Coach Cafe. Again, if you find me anywhere, Google and everything, just type Coach Cafe. I am probably the one that you will find. So, so yeah, Coach Cafe, that's kind of like my brand. Okay, awesome, man. The last question, right, is what's your definition of impact and how can we further deepen our impact on the lives of others? So two questions, actually. What's your mm. definition of impact and how can we further deepen impact on the lives of others? Uh, my definition of impact is when, and, and I really hope this happened, is that, one day when I die, 
people come to my funeral celebrating my life. Like, I, I don't want people to cry because I've left the world. I want people to come and actually be happy that cafe was once in this world. Like, wow, I'm actually proud to have cafe as a friend. I'm actually happy to, to, to be impacted by cafe and so on. That's my definition of impact that I, I want to live. Um, so, so that's what I'm working towards. And uh, second question on how can we deepen our impact? I think a few things for me, and, and this is what works for me. Um, if, if it works, it resonates for you guys, you can take it. Uh, number one, it's I want to be able to, okay, how can we deepen our impact? I think it's number one, be really true to yourself. Authenticity, I think is very important. Now, when I say authenticity, I don't mean that, you know, you, you, I don't mean that you can be an asshole. I think, I think authenticity has been somehow overused uh, in recent years where people say that, oh, I'm, I'm telling you off because I'm an authentic person. See, the thing is that if you have to give a disclaimer to people that you're authentic, you are probably aren't that authentic, okay? So that's a, that's a disclaimer. So for me, it's just being true to yourself, right? Do things that you, 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 you feel good about. Do things that you believe has positive impact. Um, do things that you feel it's, it, it's right for you and for the people around you, right? That's, that's the first, be, be authentic, be true to yourself uh, without having to tell people that you're authentic. That's the, that's the key. Uh, second for me, it's to be able to speak. Now, I know this sounds like, you know, I'm telling, teaching people how to speak and all these things. Why, why do I say so? I've noticed that being able to speak can make or break everything in your life. Being able to speak well and communicate well is going to get you that million dollar deal. Being able to speak well or, 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 or communicate well is going to get you connection to people, right? That's how I get connected with like multi-million dollars entrepreneurs on my podcast, right? Some people that I don't even know, but I'm able to speak well enough that they are convinced and they want to get on my podcast, right? You, you, the, your ability to speak and communicate is going to make or break your relationship, right? Your love relationship, your relationship with your children. And that's very important, right? So for me, if you guys want to impact more lives, no matter what you do, corporate career, entrepreneurship, insurance agent, salesperson, being a parent and so on, being able to speak well and communicate well, it's going to make a big difference, not just in your own life, but in the life of others, right? So that's the second one. And the third one, if you really want to impact people, I think the, the, the most important that you can, thing that you can do, it's build your character. Uh, and that for me, it's a constant work in progress. For me, character building, it's, it's something that I'm kind of like, kind of dive a little more into in the past two years, because I feel that uh, for the past, for, for many years, I've been so focused on, oh, I want to help people. I want to help people. I want to help people. Uh, I want to grow my business. I want to grow my family and so on and so forth that I really neglected the only catalyst to make all these things happen. And that's me, that it's my character that's going to either scale my company, they're going to make me a better parent, that's going to make me a better partner for my wife, that's going to make me a successful entrepreneur, a successful person, a good friend. It's this. It's this person standing right here. So it's the same for all of you. If you want to be you know, impacting lives, millions of lives, start with building your own character. 
So that those are the three things I really want to share on how you can impact more lives and, and your own life, especially. Awesome, man. Thank you for really answering all these questions and dropping a few valuable bombs. Now, for those people who really want to, who really like what Cafe has really uh, talked about and you want to know more about him, I will just drop all the social links below so you can go and search him. I can just search him on Coach Cafe and you'll probably find him anyway. Yes, that's so right. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Cafe. Thank you so it's much for having me. Enjoyed. An absolute pleasure. Thank you okay. so much, everyone. And I hope that you know all your, all your listeners will be able to get a lot of value from this today okay and thank you you guys for listening to this episode of influence to impact till the next episode stay legendary guys all right if you have enjoyed this episode do make sure to leave a review on your biggest takeaway if you're looking for a proven system to attract high paying clients without spending a cent on ads just head over to strategicattraction.com where you can get access to trainings and further resources I look forward to seeing you there.